Nutrition is your new addiction. Hey, ladies. Woo. Go, go on and work it, lady. Yeah, that's how you work it, lady. It's never know, or maybe this is how you get it, baby. Work, work. All right, ladies, how are you doing today? I am so happy to chat with you. Um, if you are new. deeper understanding into our health okay so today we are going to be talking about essential oils again not that i actually want to i'm going to be honest with you i had a essential oils um episode a few months back where i shared that you know it was not a good idea um in fact could be very harmful to ingest meaning drink eat essential oils and I was attacked online by um, ladies that are, you know, sellers of essential oils and use them um, in their different, um, you know, little side businesses that they do. And they were not happy with the content. And it was very sad to see that. Um, there's one thing to have a difference of opinion, but it's quite another to try to silence me, telling me to take the information down. Last time I checked, I don't tell anybody what to put on their page. Um, this is information from National Institutes of Health, PubMed, CDC. That is all the information we are going to be reviewing today. And the reason for that is these are our country's top tier scientific research institutions. They are in place to safeguard us when we go through um, crises uh, such as the pandemic. Um, these are really the guiding principles. And for those of us in our special community, um, we got guidance from our, you know, um, official source. And guess what? That was all information based upon National Institutes of Health, CDC, World Health Organization. And so as um, folks who um, are trying to be forthright and do what we need to do, the, that is really the thoughts and um, information that we should really be ingesting and really um, following. That's really what we should be following because that is what, um, you know, the branch and all is following. So um, if you don't go to doctors and you d believe that the healthcare industry just has a agenda against you personally, this might not be the episode for you. Um, I'm going to talk more in the end of this episode about the things that were said to me regarding my last episode and why I will not be silenced and why now I'm actually going even harder on this because um, people need to know this information. People need to know how dangerous essential oils are. Can they be used effectively? Absolutely. They are in so much. Essential oils are even in certain lotions and things that are produced in the mainstream cosmetics industry. And FYI, guys, don't forget, I do work behind the scenes, you know, chemically in the cosmetics industry. 
Okay. So, you know, um, I get to see a lot behind the scenes. Am I a chemist? No, I'm not. But I do work for a company that employs chemists and does their own research and has to follow the standards for production as set out by our government. Okay. So this is not just something that I'm coming up with this is not even my own ideas these are ideas published on national institutes of health so i will talk more about that at the end we are going to go through so much in this episode today so buckle up girl um because last time i was being nice this time i'm just gonna go straight into it and hey if you don't like it don't like you know take it out on me Contact the scientists where their names are actually published on these research studies. Contact them and tell them you don't agree because that's what you're doing. You're not dis disagreeing with me. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a chemist. You're disagreeing with their work, which is built upon hundreds of years of research. So disagree with them. Their numbers and everything, you know, uh, not their phone numbers, but their, their names and their information is public. Um, okay, so... Anyway, let's go ahead and get into this first part. I know some of you might be shocked to find out essential oils are uh, also endocrine disruptors. And here's the thing, guys. I, I really feel kind of also bad. I've been there. I used to be a huge supplement person, okay? Um, I used to be a hardcore, like I would take all these supplements. I would take biotin and I would take, you know, all of these things, you know, multivitamins, this and that. And I will still have some of those. Like every now and then I will have a multiple vitamin that I feel is from a manufacturer that I can trust. Um, you know, little things if I'm sick or if I'm trying to overcome a specific problem, I will take a supplement. But as far as my daily routine and just taking a bunch of supplements on my own without consulting a doctor, I never, I don't do that anymore because I learned the hard way that it's not good. And thankfully it wasn't so far gone to where, you know, I had massive um, health issues, but it was noticeable health issues. And then on my journey, um, becoming educated and some of this, um, I learned more. I was just a little ignorant before and we all want good alternatives. We all want to do natural things, but I had to change. So hopefully if you're kind of on that fence, like I was, you know, and you're just like, hey, well, I think essential oils are good. And I also take supplements. And I believe, you know, and taking a couple of essential oils drops, you know, for just general health, it helps with so much. I hope this information can help you. Um, I hope you understand that I'm not completely slamming essential oils. Everything has its place. But, um, you know, we can't just keep selling the idea. This is the core to this, this, this episode today. We cannot keep selling the idea to people through our word of mouth or through our businesses that if you are using essential oils, you are avoiding chemicals and that all other household chemicals are in endocrine disruptors and essential oils are not. They all are. Every chemical out there is an endocrine disruptor, just about, okay? And essential oils, as you see, we will go through today, you will see that essential oils are also endocrine disruptors based on studies that are published for public view on National Institutes of Health, okay? So if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on podcasts, you can pop over to YouTube right now up on the screen. I do have um, one of the main articles from Natural Institutes of Health sharing that essential oils are actually endocrine disruptors, 
Okay. Um, so are, you know, your general detergents, you know, your laundry detergents, some, most of your hands. So all of those are also endocrine disruptors, but it's important to point out in the case of essential oils, because people are using essential oils under the impression that because they're using essential oil based soaps and cleaners that they are avoiding endocrine disruptors when in fact they are not and they might even be potentially exposing themselves to more endocrine disruptors because typically essential oils you know they are mainly produced by two companies that we are going to discuss again today that um don't have the best reputation and or they may even be produced by you know individuals in their home to a limited capacity okay so because of that you're not getting the um chemical professional chemical formulations for these things that the large companies are doing you're following you know a smaller person doing it on their own and you might actually be getting something stronger than what you would be getting you know um conventionally okay are there crap conventional products out there that claim to be natural and they're not absolutely and the essential oils also fall into that these are basically also conventional products okay chemicals are chemicals essential oils are also chemicals okay so let's get reading on this one um right now i'm on the national institutes of health this is an article published um june 29th 2020 um, and it says essential oils have risen in popularity over the past decade. These oils function in society as holistic integrative modalities to traditional me um, medicinal treatments where many Americans substitute essential oils in place of other prescribed medications. Essential oils are also found in a multitude of product products including food flavoring, soap, solution, shampoos, hairstyling products, cologne, laundry detergents, and even insect repellents. I actually do, side note, I really like um, cedar essential oil um, sprays for insect repellent. They work very well. I will, um, there's two brands that I use and I will spray them like on my clothing. I am not gonna be using essential oils on my skin directly um, now that I have even more information on this. And at the end of this episode, you might walk away feeling similar, um, but I will spray the essential oil spray um, onto my like my pants, um, especially, you know, if you're in an area with uh, high ticks, uh, you know, and you're trying to avoid getting Lyme's disease. Hey, the benefits in this case of using essential oils, um, if they are going to repel some insects, probably outweigh the risk. If you are going to spray them on your clothes and things like that, there's, you know, you're not using it directly on your skin. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, EOs are complex substances comprised of hundreds of components that can vary greatly in their composition, depending on uh, the extraction process or the producer or the origin of the plant, thus making it difficult to determine which pathway in the body are affected. Here we review the published research that shows the health benefits of essential oils as well as some of their adverse effects. So some of the health benefits that we know are um, they do have antimicrobial properties. They are actually really good antivirals. They are antibiotics and anti-inflammatories. And remember, conventional medications are also pulling from this uh, chemical group. 
there are essential oils and things like that in our medicines and in our cosmetics and all that. So, you know, you're just going a different route. You're not avoiding anything. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. Antioxidant, antioxidant properties, as well as purpose, psychogenic effects, such as relieving, relieving stress, you know, and so on. Um, not only are they going to show us in this article the benefits of using essential oils, but also uh, indicate risks associated with their use, such as endocrine disrupting properties, leading to the induction of premature breast growth in young adolescents. Going to read that one more time. Associated risks with their use, such as endocrine disrupting properties leading to the induction of premature breast growth in young adolescents. Um, and one of these, I forget which slide it's on, um, it will be coming, even talks about this issue in young boys. So again, this is a thing, guys, okay? Taken together, there are many positive and potentially negative risks to human-associated uh, risks to hu human health associated with essential oils, which make it important to bring awareness to all um, known effects on the human body, okay? Uh, let's see here. All right, there are many methods. Um, so... Of course, you know, most of these, um, you know, people smell essential oils, you know, massage or apply it to the skin. Um, these are very potent. Um, I don't know if I shared it in the last episode or not, but I was at a little um, like almost like a craft fair type thing. And I was like, oh, you know, I'd like to have a natural alternative to like perfume. Let me try this essential oil for that. Man, I put that stuff on. It was so strong. Within about 10 minutes, I started to feel really lightheaded. My heart started to race. I had to sit down. I just started pounding water and finally after about an hour I could feel it easing up and starting to subside but I told my husband I'm like if my heart rate doesn't slow down in a little bit you're gonna have to take me to the ER it's not good for my heart rate to be going racing out of my chest like this you know so again that's because I bought from somebody who was making their own thing and you know probably just combine some oils because you can't really like straight up make the oils you know yourself most of the time you're combining oils together you know and mixing them with other things to like you know so who knows what they combined i think that there might have been even maybe marijuana in that one because the marijuana essential oils are extremely potent there's a whole body of work on national institutes of health about um the uh, topical application of marijuana um, infused essential oils on there. I'm not going to go into that because most of us are not participating with marijuana anyway. Um, that's just not something we do. Um, so I'm not even going to go there for this one. But yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. So if we scroll down here, and I've only got a portion of this up on um, the screen, but to see it all, just go to the website, National Institutes of Health. But here on the endocrine disrupt disrupting activities, <clears throat> excuse me, let me just pop in a little water here. It says, according to the United States Environmental Protection Agency, an endocrine disrupting chemical EDC is an exogenous agent that infers that infers with the production, release, transport, metabolism, binding, 
action or elimination of natural hormone in the body responsible for the maintenance of homeostasis and the regulation of developmental processes. And EDC may interfere with hormone action by several mechanisms and it can be quite complex. The chemicals may bind to hormone receptors and may directly uh, act as an agonist or antagonist, expert indirect agonist or an antagonist action, um, or may bind to allosteric sites and yield unanticipated effects at very low concentrations. In addition, these chemicals are known to interfere with hormone synthesis, metabolism, transport, and degradation. Okay. So that is what an endocrine endocrine disruptor is. And lots of things in the environment around us count as endocrine disruptors, essential oils, and other traditional cosmetic products all fall into that. Okay. So you're not escaping endocrine disruptors by using essential oils. Let's keep reading. In previous reports, essential oils have been determined to act as an EDC, and they give the actual number here, okay? And you can even go look at that, you know, particular study if you hover over it. Um, essential oils have been demonstrated to act as an agonist to the estrogen receptor alpha ERA, okay? So that is the identification right there. Essential oils have been determined that means this has been proven to act as a destructor against estrogen receptor alpha era and antagonist to the androgen receptor ar16-2 and this was all regarding chronic lavender exposure. And I feel bad because lavender is one that we use, you know, in essential oils to like, you know, hey, if you need to relax, use a lavender oil. It's an endocrine disruptor, guys. You hover over the actual study right there, the extra information, and it will tell you um, more information. So click through, explore this guys. Okay. But again, this was chronic lavender exposure. Okay. Additionally, these studies have provided support to a suspected link between abnormal breast growth in adolescence termed prepubertal gycomastasia. Okay. And premature filarche and regular topical exposure to lavender or tea tree oil hygiene commodities 16-18 premature filarche the most common pubertal disorder in prepubescent girls which is defined as isolated breast growth before eight years of age without any other signs of puberty Okay. Gynecomastia is suspected to have many etologies. Okay. So th there's lots of different ways that this can manifest. Okay. Um, so again, guys, this is right here from National Institutes of Health. Again, essential oils have been determined 
to act as an EDC, endocrine disruptor. 16-2, essential oils have been demonstrated to act as an agonist. So remember when we learned a few, you know, a paragraph back about the agonist and antagonist types of endocrine disruption? It's not just doing one, it's doing the agonist and the antagonist. So both sides of the receptor, okay? Um, very nicely, um, the National Institutes of Health even published, um, this is kind of where I was reading from now, guys, if you look at the screen, um, there's a little bit more of it. Again, just go to the website, that's what it's there for. Our government does a very good job of being transparent on these things, okay? Um, Again, they are really here to help us. Um, are you going to always find something wacky or wonky going on um, in everything? Yes. But what are you going to do? This is the National Institutes of Health. This is our government agency to work for us and protect us. Okay. Um, they also provided some figures, which I very much appreciated, that actually show the way that essential oils um, are endocrine disruptors. So here's that figure, here it is, it's coming now. So rapid and genomic tissue responses, all right? So the in this figure, if you're looking on screen, the reds are the endocrine disruptors that you are um, having from the essential oils, and these are how it disrupts all of those pathways. So, you know, rem remember, this is something that regardless if you like the information or not, you may want to consider. Now, what breaks my heart is that many who subscribe to essential oils are coming there because they are suffering with health ailments. That is how I was when it came to supplements. And like I said, I had to stop. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I really thought that I was on the right path. Turns out I wasn't. I can change now. The power of change. We are able to change at any point in time. Like I said, this is the information. This figure on the screen is a figure provided by our government to show us the exact path, how it actually is messing with our estrogen, causing extra breath, breast growth in young girls as well as boys. And again, a lot of moms are using essential oils to help their kids sleep. They're putting lavender oil on them. They're putting all these things and they're using it straight from the little vial. So it is pretty strong. Um, sorry, that is really, really something you could, you should reconsider. Okay. But that's up to you. We're all different. You might be like, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to rock on, go for it, girl, you know, whatever floats your boat, but I'm just doing my due diligence here. Okay. Um, let me just make sure I am not missing anything. Cause there's a lot on these hormone disruptors that I want to make sure that I cover. Um, so that was one article on National Institutes of Health. Um, it even talks about the way that these were these are made. Um, it talks about other negative side effects have no to note have been asthma, increased bleeding, eye irritation, neurotoxicity. 
um, genotoxicity and immune toxicity um, with some of the essential oils. Um, so just read through the entire article. The articles on the National Institutes of Health, some of them are quite lengthy, especially if you actually open up all the components of them. Um, but they are very informative. Some of the language can be hard to understand, but just do the best you can. Now, what they also do have is like more of a front facing side to National Institutes of Health that has articles that are a little bit more like user friendly, I'll say. And that is the article I am going to share now. Um, so this one also says much of the same things as the like linear research based article. Um, that I shared, but this is also from the National Institutes uh, of Health as well. And um, again, the first website is NCI, uh, I'm sorry, ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. And now the website that is a little bit more user-friendly and uses simpler lang language is niehs.nih.gov, okay? So, if, if doing the scientific reading is too much, just hop over onto the layman side of National Institutes of Health. So that's where we're at right now. Um, top of the article just kind of talks about what you know essential oils are. Um, let's talk about here where it says, have researchers um, study essential oils. Previous studies, and then it kind of gives you some links to those studies, have shown that lavender and tea tree oil may act as endocrine disrupting chemicals, which have been associated with several health issues. Endocrine disruptors are substances in the environment, air, soil, and water, food sources, personal care products, and manufactured products that infer with normal function of your body's endocrine system. Also, clinical research found a possible link between the topical use of essential oils and the onset of male gynecomastia. Remember that term that we just learned in the other article. So it is also a case not just for girls, but boys as well. Okay. Um, gynecomastia uh, is the development of breast tissue in prepubescent boys. Since lavender and tea tree oil are composed of hundreds of chemicals, the NIEHS scientists wanted to find out which of these chemicals displayed hormonal activity that could potentially lead to prepubital gynecomastia. Okay, so what it, what is the National Institutes of Health doing? How did NI H researchers conduct this study um, on lavender oil and tree tree oil. They share more information there. But in short, the scientists applied pure essential lavender oil, tea tree oil, um, or eight of their chemical compounds to human cell lines and test tubes known as in vitro experiments. They find that the found that the compounds displayed a range of hormonal activities, which may stimulate prepubertal gynecomastia in boys. Which essential oils and components were tested? It um, goes on to say that the researchers tested pure essential lavender oil and tree tree oils, as well as four chemicals commonly found in both. Remember, essential oils have chemical in them. Okay. And right here, I'm going to read it again. The researchers tested pure. So again, these companies like doTERRA and Young Living say, oh, you're with doTERRA and Young Living. There are no chemicals in these. It's not true, guys. It's not true. The researchers tested pure essential lavender and tea tree oils as well as four chemical compounds commonly found in both, which are eucatol, fortercyprinol, 
diptin, limonene, and alpha tripinol. Okay, those are the four chemicals. Um, and those particular two, we're going to talk about another, some other chemicals that are in essential oils as well. And remember, everything in the world around us lives somewhere on the periodic table, regardless if it's natural or not. Chemicals are natural. Essential oils are natural. They also have chemicals and the other conventional products also have chemicals. You are not escaping chemical exposure by using essential oils because everything lives on the periodic table. We're even going to look at the periodic table in this, okay? All right. Uh, these compounds were selected because the international standard organization mandated that they be included in both lavender and tea tree oils. The NIEH research team also studied linen, linen, linenol, acetate, and linenol, which are best specific to lavender, to lavender oil, and alpha-tretamine and gamma-tretamine, which are specific to tea tree oil. Okay. Um, what are the age rings of risk for gynecomastia? this um, advanced breast growth for boys. Um, it can be anywhere, you know, before um, puberty, um, starting anywhere from infancy to adolescence, okay? Some physicians theorize that that period of major hormonal change may also lead to that. However, prepubertal gynecomastia is relatively rare due to lower circulating hormone levels. So some scientists suspect that boys in this range may be more susceptible to hormone changes and disrupting chemicals, which may lead to gynecomastia. So you're not going to know if, you know, your kid has that disposition or not. So probably best not to just, you know, put this on them. Okay. And of course, girls are um, a part of that as well. It references a 2019 study where, you know, the abnormal breast growth in prepubescent girls um, has also um, been associated with these um, lavender products, okay? So again, we also know that young girls are developing breasts, you know, more rapidly because they're also having a lot more um, milks and dairy products, with all, which also have, you know, extra hormone that they don't need in them. So again, this is, these are just the things, guys. Um, this is just what it is, Okay. So let me go to this other article. Um, this one actually um, talks about a couple of other things, um, but it's still on kind of the similar vein. Let me see here. Did I put, do a graphic for that one? I thought I did. Hmm, did I? Oh, sometimes it's kind of hard to see the, okay, that breaks down some of the other chemicals we're going to talk about. Let's see, where did it go? Ah, wait, no, is that it? Is this it? Thanks for your patience, guys. It's a lot of information to get through. Mm. Okay, I mean, it was one of these user-friendly articles, but this is not the one I'm looking for, so I am gonna read this one. Um, I will give you the um, link information. Where did we go? Um, okay, so this is another um, National Institutes of Health article on like the, you know, um, easy to understand side. Okay, so lavender oil linked to early breast growth in girls, um, lavender oil and tea tree oil. <clears throat> 
contain compounds that mimic or oppose the actions of sex hormones and can be considered endocrine disruptors, okay? Persistent exposure to lavender products is associated with premature breast development in girls, according to new research by NIEH scientists. The findings also reveal that chemicals in lavender oil and tea tree oil are potential endocrine disruptors with varying effects on receptors for two hormones, estrogen and androgen. And androgen okay? Um, the study was published on August 8th in the Endocrine Society's journal, Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, okay? Um, the findings demonstrated that the two oils can have hormone-like effects for estrogen and testosterone in the body, said senior author Kenneth Korak, PhD, lead researcher for the National Institutes of Health Receptor Biology Group. Lavender oil and tea tree oil could pose potential health exposure concerns and should be researched further, especially because these oils are available without a written prescription for medical professionals and are not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. So when we go through some of this other thing, you will find that essential oils are in essence like the precursor to modern day drugs. And because of that, a lot of them can actually be stronger than the drugs that you get. Um, before the advent of, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies and scientific research facilities, you kind of, you know, you heard of turpentine, we're going to get to that, you know, term later on in this, but, you know, they kind of tinkered around and did their thing and, you know, hey, they made something that worked and, you know, but now we've got more of a refined medications kind of build on some of this but they're just more refined and a little safer to use because they've done so much research on the dosages. We talked about the dosages in my previous um, essential oil one, but that's one of the main things is that this is not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. Therefore, the dosage or how much oil, essential oil should be in say, you know, a whatever product it is that you make, you know, um, there isn't a guide you know, really, that is official. So that's the thing. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Where was the other part? Okay. Lavender oil and tea tree oil are among the most popular essential oils. Today, our society deems essential oils as another um, remedy as a safe alternative for medical treatment, personal hygiene commodities, aromatherapy, and cleaning products, said lead author Tyler Ramsey, who's a postgraduate fellow at Cor on Corax team. However, there are many natural products that have effects on the human body similar to some synthetic drugs. Okay. So, again, all right. In a previous study, Korak and his team showed that exposure to lavender oil and tea tree oil is linked to prepubertal gyacomacapacia or that abnormal breast development in males. Building on these findings, a new study, in this new study, the team discovered that exposure to lavender fragrance products is also associated with a condition called premature filarche. This condition causes premature breast development without other signs of puberty in girls younger than eight years of age. All right. Over a seven-year period, the clinical colleagues identified 24 patients who were seen for prepubertal gynecomopastia or premature villarche 
at Nicholas Children's Hospital in Miami, Florida. Among these patients, five girls and 11 boys were exposed to lavender fragrance containing products such as cologne, shampoos, and soaps. An additional four girls seen for premature breast development at the University of California, Irvine, or CHOCS, the Children's Clinic in Orange County, California, also used lavender fragrance products. One girl who was bathed with soap with the soap containing lavender oil since infancy showed breast development by one year of age. Another girl showed signs of breast development after one year of exposure to lavender oil diffuser that ran all day on the nearby teacher's table. Among one boy and three girls with the case with I'm sorry, among the one boy and three girls with case reports, breast tissue regressed within six months after they stopped being exposed to lavender fragrance products. Powerful information. Powerful information. Okay. Explore the underlying mechanisms. Korak and his team examined the effects of the eight compounds present in, present in lavender oil and tea tree oil. Some of the components had varying degrees of estrogenic or anti-androgenic properties as shown by their effects on the estrogen receptor alpha and androgen receptor activities in human cells. The findings suggest that the compounds in the essential oils may provoke breast growth and enhancing estrogen activity while inhibiting androgenetic activity. Okay, so um, it goes on even further, um, but I do feel like we touched on some of the heavy, heavy hitting information there. Um, guys, again, if you don't like what I'm saying, contact this researcher again. His name is Dr. Korak. He works at National Institutes of Health. Okay. Um, and contact him and his team. Contact Tyler Ramsey and say, hey, you know what? I know you've been at this for about 30 years, but you know, the person who sells me my doTERRA products told me that I was avoiding chemicals and not having any uh, endocrine disruptors. And so you're wrong. Call him and tell him, girl. Call him and tell him. Okay. Um, let's move along here. There is some other things that I wanted to share. Um, which one was this about? Man, I got so much information up here on this. I'm making myself dizzy with this. Okay. Um, oh, this was a fun one from the, 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 the American Council on Science and Health. Let me see if I have the graphic for this one. Um, because it just talks about um, turpins, um, which are also common. Turpins are what kind of give all the essential oils that pungent fragrance. Um, it, it is the um, when terp the production of turpins. Okay, um, so let's go back here. I thought I got the one on turpins. Yes, I got the one on turpins. All right, let's talk turpins. Okay, so turpins. Oh, now where am I? No. Oh. To do. Nope, we're going to talk about phenols in a minute. That ain't where I'm at. That ain't where I'm at either. There we go. Turpins, okay? Um, do, 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 do. They start the article off by saying, likewise, the word essential can have multiple meanings. 
Um, essential oils are neither essential or important. You know, they just, you know, smell nice and give us some other benefits, you know, which is fine. Um, like I said, I do still use essential oils for my bug repellent. It is very effective for that. So I'm not just a, an essential oil hater. You know, I'm just trying to, in my life, do things as safely and healthfully as I possibly can. And we're not going to always get it right, but we can try. Okay. Um, so continuing on, the reasons that different essential oils have different scents is because they are made up of varying amounts of huge, a huge variety of plant-based chemicals called turpins. Okay. So turpins are going to exist in any type of, you know, essential oil or essential oil derived product, as well as terpenes can also um, exist on the other side of the equation on the more like caustic chemical side as well, you know, turpentine or paint, you know, that is kind of in those lines of paint thinner and all that it lives kind of in that place on the periodic table. Okay. Um, the reasons that different essential oils have different scents is because they are made up of varying amounts of a Oh, I'm sorry. We said that already of the chemical uh, compound turpin or turpins. Okay. Lavender oil is no exception it is composed of more than 100 turpins. Marijuana has 200 turpins. So yeah. All right. Pretty strong stuff. Turpins are uh, ubiquitous and naturally occurring chemicals, which are fascinating because even though they are thousands of them, they all share a single, single component called an isoprene unit. Okay, so you see isoprenes and all kinds of stuff, face lotion, this, that, you know, cleaner. Guys, everything that we make is somewhere on the pre uh, chemi uh, pre blah, blah, blah. Everything that we make is somewhere on the periodic table. Okay, if it's an essential oil, if it's a hair lotion, you know, whatever it is, it's somewhere on the periodic table. It is a chemical. Everything around us is a chemical by definition. Okay. Um, so again, terpenes um has at its core, this isoprene unit, which is a five atom collection of carbon atoms that always has the same framework. All isoprene units bond to other isoprene subunits to form an enormous variety of terpenes of varying sizes, shapes, and scents, and medicinal and toxicological properties. Okay, so again, they got medical properties, you know, they provide these scents, all this stuff, guys. Here are a few chemical structures of terpenes. Um, those are the figures that you're seeing on the screen. It kind of shows you the head and the tail and how it makes isoprene. Okay. Um, and then even when some of those chains are broken into smaller fragments like twos or threes, it just kind of changes around the carbon atoms and then they do different things and make different chemicals. So very interesting. It even talks about vitamin A, which is also the kind of the base of a lot of retinoids, which again, it's, you know, these are all things are all interchangeable. So stop selling people the idea that if they buy your product, they are not getting chemicals. We all are. It, it, we are our bodies naturally have chemicals in them. You can't avoid chemicals. It's just impossible physically impossible okay um so that um 
kind of goes on a little bit further, but I did want to share this part. Um, lavender oil is, in essence, they're just saying is a bunch of terpene chemicals. So, um, and then they parallel that with also telling us that turpentine, you know, is paint remover, <laughs> your choice. So again, it kind of puts it in perspective, like, okay, lavender essential oil is great, but don't think you're getting something that's so light because it's not. It's also very similar to paint remover, which is turpentine based. All right. So got to be careful with these things. Okay. Um, all right. So that was a nice read from, um, do, 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 do. That one was from the American Council on Science and Health. Okay. We covered this one. All right. Passia. Okay. Let's talk about the periodic table really quick. I'm going to share something with you. Um, if you go on the National Institutes of Health website, um, they do have a whole nother section um, that is called um, PubChem. And they will actually give you a periodic table, um, like what you should be currently seeing on the screen. This is an absurd. This is a clip from the website. So if you click on any of these, when you click on it, it will actually give you the all the information and the subtypes of that particular element on the periodic table. All right. So it's very cool. So it kind of helps you to understand all of these different things exist in all the different things, if that makes sense. So um, let me give you kind of the, one of the ones that was an expanded one. I think I did have this one expand out. I clicked on one of them because I wanted to show you guys how cool it looked when um, you click on it. Oh, did I do that? Oh, sorry guys, I don't think I did that one. Let me look through. I think I did. I know I did. Huh. You know, some of my slides are not sliding. Where did that one go? Uh. Oh, wait. No, that's not it either. Well, crud. Sorry, guys. I don't have that one up here. Um, But it basically, when you click on it, I, hold on a second. I'm going to see if I can get it up here. I could have sworn that I downloaded that. Let me see. Did I? Yes, I did. Because we were going to talk about phenols. Phenol. Okay, which is also a common, common chemical in essential oils. So you got turpins, you got phenols, all of the same that you will find in your conventional beauty products and stuff at Walmart. Um, those are all stuff that are present, okay? Um, I'm gonna try to get this one up here real quick. Bear with me, guys. I'm gonna do this one on the fly. Okay, so we are here. Um, while I do this, guys, don't forget, you know, take a gander over to National Institutes of Health and check it out. Um, did I put this one up here? Let's see. Oh, there we go. I just failed to put it here. That's what I needed to do. All right, guys. That is how dedicated I am to this. I, I'm looking like a straight up nerd over here. Um, 
All right, let's put this up, change that a bit. Okay, so back to what I was saying, you see the periodic table. This is the one from PubChem, which is a division of National Institutes of Health. You are able to click on those and it will give you so much information down to the manufacturers that have these uh, chemicals, okay? And of course there is regulation to get these chemicals. So like companies like doTERRA, they're not making every single component. They're combining just one or two simple things at their facility and getting the main chemical components elsewhere. Okay, like they can't, they can only do but so much. There's a tier system with this stuff. These major um, companies that are basically regulated by all the governments of the world. Chemicals um, are regulated by the international, ooh, I forgot the name, international something, something. And their job is to make sure that all the chemicals that are being produced in all the different countries are following all the scientific safety measures and as far as how they produce as well as um, dispose of things. There's an international standard there. And so there's but so many people and the lists are even included on here on National Institutes of Health that have access to all that. doTERRA is an essential, like a sixth party to all this. You're not getting something, doTERRA or Young Living, you're not getting something straight from the source. You're not, because there's too many chemicals that have to be combined to make this stuff, most of which is regulated by all the different governments. Okay, so just make sure that you're understanding that point. Okay, so again, if you click on these, it, you can open up one of them and it will give you all the different chemicals listed inside of that one thing, okay? So here, let's talk about phenol, which um, there was a nice little write-up um, on phenols um, as a base formula um, or a base component, I should say, for essential oils. It says phenols are the strongest, most irritating compounds and are slow to evaporate giving them the opportunity to penetrate the tissues. That's why essential oils, when you put them on, they can actually penetrate through your skin, get into your bloodstream and all of that, okay? They are very chemically active with a distinct aroma, um, kind of like a petrol almost, and phenols tend to have powerful bactericidal properties and a strongly stimulating effect. So that's why you get the tingling sensation. That's why you can feel those essential oils, okay? It's because of the phenols, which are very strong chemical compounds. Chemical compounds, okay? Common phenols include anthrodol, carvacol, charvel, estradiol, menthol, chervigol, Charvacol, eucaginol, and thymol, okay? Um, it talks about the different properties. It goes into um, a lot of things, even um, basil, um, essential oils, you know, cinnamon leaf, and it gives you the percentages. Um, basil, um, methyl, chavasol, 90%, cinnamon leaf, 86%, clove bud, 90%. So it gives you all the things. Okay, safety. Oils rich in phenols are irritating to the skin and mucous membranes, um, only used in low dilutions for short periods of time. Um, always blend with alcohol rich oils and avoid during pregnancy. So, this to me is not something you should be doing every single day. Um, essential oils are basically, in essence, medications. Okay, they are in that bracket. 
All right. And what's scary, again, is that they are strong as medicines, but they're not regulated. So you really are acting at your own risk. That's why lawsuits are tricky, which we're going to get into lawsuits later um, in this episode. We're, we're doing it all here today. OK. Um, it also talks about aldehydes, ketones, um, and it goes on. There's a lot. It even talks about esters. Um, which are also, as you know, that's something that you put it on somebody's mouth and then they pass out as that kind of old school thing. So that's what I'm saying. You're in an old school area when you're really into these essential oils. You're in a place of unregulation and you're in a place where, hey, this was the original thing. We've advanced this and made it a lot more safer for everybody to use. So I just feel like why not use the stuff that's been tested a little bit more and safer to use? Okay, so esters are probably the most widespread group also found in uh, essential oils, um, although there are some that don't have an ester count, which is good. Um, so again, just you have to be careful, okay? Um, so again, I really appreciated that uh, graph. So again, if you click on, on that periodic table from PubChem, you click on um, you know phenol, for example, it tells you, do-do-do-do-do, um, right at the top, the chemical safety, it is corrosive. It can be, um, acute toxic and it does present potential health hazards, phenol, which is a common component of essential oils. Okay. Um, phenol is both a manufactured chemical and a natural substance. It is a colorless to white solid when pure the chemical product is a liquid. The commercial product is a liquid. Phenol has a distinct odor that is sickeningly sweet and terry. You can taste and smell phenol at levels lower than those that are associated with harmful effects. Um, phenol evaporates more slowly in water. Um, and it just kind of goes on to talk more about the properties. So there's lots of scrolling to do here. So if you keep scrolling down and down and down, or you can click on the right side of the screen, which you should be able to see here, um, it talks about things such as the names and identifiers, um, related records. If you click on number six, which you should be able to see here, I can't click it on the screen, but you could click it if you go to the site. It talks about the chemical vendors. Um, so it has 46 vendors for this. And if you click on one of those, I'm gonna take click on this one right here, Alpha Chemistry. Um, this one is in New York, New York. It actually gives you the location, the address. Um, it they have their uh, data in public chem. Um, they are registered. They have a data source ID. Again, that is the regulatory mark, right? Um, and so I very, very much appreciate that. So I'll click on another one. Um, let's do Yao Chemical. Yao Chemical is located at 31 Zhangji Road in the district, uh, district of Hangazhou, Xinjiang, China. Okay. It's got their source ID code as well. And it shows you where they're located. Okay. It's not a mystery, guys. It does not be, have to be a big, scary thing into where you're just shunning a whole, you know, industry or whatever. Like it's all, it's all available. You just have to know where to look. Okay. Um, all right. So I think that was good on the periodic table. We talked about phenol. 
a common chemical found in essential oils um, and the safety for it and everything. And again, if things are manufactured properly, if chemicals um, or even the things that we like to call natural, but are in fact actually chemicals, all of those things, as long as you're using the proper dosages and the proper amounts, they are not harmful. Okay. Um, some things you need to protect your hands, you know, um, things like that. They will be harmful if they come into contact with certain areas or if they're mixed with other things. But guys, this is the risk of life. You're not going to avoid using chemicals by using um, essential oil only products. Okay. You're just not because they're also chemicals. Okay. Um, all right. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything else. Now let's talk about some of this controversy um, with these companies um, that are being very misleading, which I don't appreciate. Um, guys, you have to realize that I say maybe even in the late 90s, I don't know, some of us were probably, too, you know, weren't old enough to be locked in then, but that's when I can probably pinpoint that this industry kind of starts started to ramp up the natural um, industry. Lots of things were published to discredit mainstream manufacturing, you know, in order to promote the natural alternatives. And some of that needed to happen. And I'm glad it did because it did hold some of the commercial manufacturers accountable who were using, you know, not the best stuff in their ingredients and who, you know, weren't doing their best and who were, you know, not treating their overseas staff well and all those things. But also what they did was, be very clever about the words they chose, you know, this use of the word organic started to come out, you know, late 90s, maybe early 90s, probably somewhere in there. And it was just used to kind of shun anything that was not natural, not, you know, most people didn't even realize that the word organic is just a very translucent term that can be applied to many different things. Um, just like most people don't realize that all of the products at Whole Foods are not organic. Most of the fruit at Whole Foods is conventional and has been sprayed with pesticides just like everybody else, but you have to read the fine print, which is actually there in Whole Foods on the fruit stands if you pay attention. Okay. So Clever marketing and things like that has been used over the years. And like I said, some of it has been good because it's made these big conglomerates accountable as they should. But some of it was done just to sell you essential oils and supplements because that's also around the same time that we see those things start to become popular. Oh, hey, these big conglomerates are doing horrible stuff. Use our stuff instead. Join our pyramid scheme. You know, like it's the same thing. All right. So, yeah. So let's talk about some of the things. First, I'm going to talk about Federal Trade Commission lawsuit against doTERRA. Okay. Federal Trade Commission. Let me find that slide. Where did it go? Look at me. Oh, here we go. All right. Now, this case was dismissed. Um, this was actually updated on do, 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 March of 2023. Um, everybody's been trying to sue doTERRA and Young Living forever. But here's the thing. The way the government stands at current is consumers understand that they are 
um, consuming anything that is not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration at risk. So then it becomes very hard to sue companies like doTERRA, companies like Young Living, because they get to operate in that kind of gray area of, hey, the public already knows that we're not regulated by the FDA. So if something happens to them because they use our products, there's nothing they could do about it. And they capitalize on that. So I'm not surprised that this case um, was thrown out. People continue to um, you know, hurl lawsuits at them as they should because they continue to spread false health claims. So um, let me just make sure you are able to see this. Okay, this one is actually on Young Living, excuse me. Young Living lawsuit, okay? Young Living. So let's talk about what folks are saying in this particular lawsuit. What you're seeing on your screen is taken from the federaltradecommission.gov. Okay, federaltradecommission.gov. Gov. The Federal Trade Commission was brought lawsuits against three current and former high-level distributors, so-called wellness advocates, the Utah-based multi-level marketing company doTERRA International, for making claims that the company's essential oils... Oh, wait, I'm on the wrong one. My bad, y'all. Let me get this one up here. We're talking about the class action on Young Living. Here we go. According to the proposed class action lawsuit filed this week, Young Living Essential Oils LC sells not just essential oils, but a convincing lie that has deceived recruits into believing they could transform their financial futures by signing up with the company as distributors. Filed in California federal court, the 33-page lawsuit claims Young Living's promise of financial gains are nothing more than a pipe dream and that the company is an illegal pyramid scheme and thrives at the expense of its members okay <laughs> founded in 1993 by d gary young utah-based young living is set up as a multi-level marketing scheme operating uh whose flagship product is essential oils the case explains though not all mlo business are illegitimate um these lawsuits um are the defining characteristic of illegal pyramid schemes that the financial success of its members is overwhelmingly dependent on their recruitment of new members rather than on the sale of products. So this is what this particular lawsuit is about. Um, people have also sued them for adverse health events. Um, go on YouTube and see all the people talking about, you know, stuff that they, um, you know, have had issues with. Now let's go here. In 2014, the company received a warning letter. Warning letter from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration in which the agency accused Young Living of promoting some of its essential oils as products as a, unapproved new drugs for treatments of all kinds of diseases, including Ebola, Parkinson's disease, autism, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, multiple sclerosis, and dementia. In 2017, Young Living reportedly paid $760,000 uh, after pleading guilty, guilty to the illegal trafficking of rosewood and spikenard oil in violation of the Lacey Act of Endangered Species. I'm going to continue on. Okay, so let's just talk about that. They pled guilty to illegal trafficking of rosewood 
and spikenard oil, which is a violation of the Lacey Act and the Endangered Species Act. We're going to talk about the founder of Young Living in a little bit because you, I need to establish some premise as to why I would not recommend anybody use Young Living or doTERRA products because of the history of the founding member members of this company they are trying to do damage control now and clean up um they have done a few things a little bit in a better direction but they're still doing their thing okay um so again just not a good idea and in 2018, the company was ordered to pay $1.8 in a lawsuit against a competitor that the judge determined was filed by Young Living and Bad Faith. The case further alleges that the company founder, Gary Young, has also been subject to some controversy, noting that he was prosecuted for practicing medicine without a license and once ran a now shuttered Young Living Research Clinic in Utah, where he illegally, allegedly employed a quack physician convicted of manslaughter. Not to mention in the complaint are allegations that Young ran another clinic in Tijuana, Mexico, and un an undercover reporter was told that he was suffering from cancer after he submitted fake blood samples taken from a healthy seven-year-old 20-pound tabby cat and a chicken. I can't even, I can't with the, you know. Now let's talk about, let's talk about, so that's the youngest one on Young Living. And you can view that one on classaction.org, which is where, you know, all the class action lawsuits um, that people do are available for public view. Okay. So you can do that. But let me tell you some more about Gary Young, which I did in my last episode, but I'm going to do it again. 1982, Young opened a clinic in Spokane, Washington, which offered unlicensed medical services, including childbirth. Young was subject to a joint undercover investigation launched by the Spokane Police Department in the state of Washington. During the course of the investigation, Young offered uh, to deliver a baby, and he claimed that he could detect cancer with a blood test and treat the disease. He was subsequently arrested and charged with practicing medicine without a license to which he ultimately pled guilty. Nineteen eighty-six. While promoting himself as a neuropathic doctor, Young was operating the Rosita Beach Clinic in Tijuana, Mexico, offering detoxification for cancer and lupus using treatments whose efficacy was questioned in an investigative report by the Los Angeles Times. In 2000, Young opened the Young Life Research Clinic located in Springfield, Utah. The clinic provided essential oils and alternative therapies to people suffering from a variety of ailments, including depression and cancer. In 2004, the Utah Attorney General charged a clinic employee with practicing medicine without a license for conducting diagnostic tests and prescribing products to patients um, between the year 2000 and 2002. Um, the clinic had also employed a pediatrician whose medical license had previously been suspended, okay? Um, now, also, this man, um, do, 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 do. There, I talked about his um, child that ended up dying because I think he was trying to deliver it in the whirlpool. 
um, and the child was healthy, as was determined um, by the coroner. That is also listed here. That baby died due to, due to oxygen deprivation and survived, uh, and could have survived if was if it was delivered in a hospital. So that's another thing too. I always wanted a home birth and to do like that natural thing, and you will find a correlation between women who believe in the home births and all of that, and who use these products. And it's a shame because these product, this product company is 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 kind of exploiting something that we should be able to do. Like we should be able to do a natural home birth thing. You can, you know, if you're willing to take that risk, but it's very risky. It is very risky. And often when you go to these birth facilities, you could end up with someone like this who, um, you know, because these birth facilities like that, like a, a private clinic, like a, a birth center that is not a hospital where you can do like a water birth or people who come to you and do home births, they're not licensed. And many of them are people who have lost their license and now you know, go into this other area because it's a gray area, it's unregulated. Whenever you go into an area that is unregulated, you are taking a big chance. That is what I'm trying to tell you, okay? And so again, Young, he done, you know, his baby didn't make it. And then a few years later, he trying to deliver somebody else's baby all because he didn't want to go to the hospital. And this is the type of man that you want to actually drink and eat his products and put it in your body. Ain't no way for me. Ain't no way. Um, now let me see here. Let me talk about his young life. From 1979 to 81, Young attended the Don Batch Nutrition University, an unaccredited school in Huntington Beach, California, who, and that school was operated by an unlicensed chiropractor. Chiropractics, again, another kind of gray area where people can tell you stuff, but they don't have all the knowledge or and, and aren't as regulated. So you end up with a lot of hokey quacky stuff in chiropractics as well, okay? In 1980, Young enrolled in a therapeutic massage program at the Mer American Institute of uh, Physiogenerology. However, according to the Institute's founder, Young left after attending only a few classes, doing a third of the homework, and owing an unpaid debt. In the early 80s, Young spent a quarter semester at Spokane Community College. He claimed to have earned a doctorate degree in neuropathy in 1985, um, but that was an unaccredited un un school described as a diploma mill. So this man, um, let's get a picture. Practices medicine without a license, doesn't even finish his school, which was not even good school, it was unaccredited, hokey school, doesn't even finish that or pay the people, um, imports his products illegally. Remember, we just read that. And yet y'all are so gung-ho that these products are safe for people to eat and drink. I don't, I, I used to think that they were safe to smell and put on yourself topically. I no longer even believe that. The more I dig into this, the more things I see that I don't like. So that was on Young Living. Okay, so you, you do what you want. If you still want to keep using those products, go for it. Okay, let's press it along. I just don't have any confidence that Young 
is actually putting in his essential oils what he says he's putting in his essential oils if he's dishonest doesn't graduate his school goes around saying he's a doctor when he is not and imports products illegally who's to say that he's not cutting all his stuff in half and putting a whole bunch of alcohol in it just to save a buck wouldn't surprise me none with this dude's track record y'all could have fun Okay, Federal Trade Commission, we're on to doTERRA now. This is the other side um, that has a cult following. Um, the doTERRAists and the young livingists, it's very culty. And um, we're going to talk about some information we all received at our one-day um, special assembly that we all attend regarding MLMs, okay? Um, but right now, I'm going to keep on with this Federal Trade Commission. Federal Trade Commission takes action against doTERRA and doTERRA distributors for false COVID-19 health claims. This was updated as of March 2023, um, making claims that basically, you know, uh, three com three complaints filed by the Department of Justice on behalf of the FTC alleged that the defendants made numerous claims about the ability of various doTERRA products to prevent, treat, and cure COVID-19 in violation with the FTC Act and the COVID-19 Consumer Protection Act. Okay, and um, here we go. The people are Eliza Johnson Babcock, a nurse practitioner and doTERRA diamond level distributor, allegedly made claims um, recommending doTERRA products as a way to prevent and treat COVID-19. Laura Bushk, a former registered nurse, former being the keyword, as I said before, a lot of people who are no longer licensed for whatever reason start pushing this stuff at a high level because you go, oh, they're a nurse. They know nurses study how to treat wounds, how to cut people open, assist doctors in surgery, how to administer medications, how to save your life if you go to a hospital and preventative care if you are seen as an outpatient. Okay. They do not study nutrition. They do not even study health like that because they don't need to. They're there to save your life, give you some life-saving medications, bandage your wounds, and send you on your merry way. But you can't start taking a nurse's, you know, thing as a fact just because she works for doTERRA. Okay. Dr. Tina Wong, a California pediatrician and doTERRA blue diamond level distributor. All of these people have been drummed up on charges. And um, according to this, may possibly have to pay, face fines. This has not been thrown out, okay? This has not been dismissed. And I hope that some of this stuff starts sticking because people have to understand the risk that they are taking. You know, um, it's just a shame. So that was the second article there on the do doTERRA is. And if you guys want to continue, continue to follow these, um, you know, it's up to you. Is really up to you. Now, let me make sure I have not missed anything else. We had plenty of things on here to talk about. Did I talk about this one? Oh, yeah, I think I did talk about that one. I'm just clicking through, make sure I didn't miss anything. Let me take another sip of water because now I'm going to get into my personal share. And this is going to be the last time that I talk about essential oils like this in detail because for those who follow the podcast and for those who are getting it like I don't feel that I need to keep explaining in this detail 
Um, I did it because there were like one or two people who did come into my DMs and had more valid questions. And hey, I enjoy doing this. I don't mind. But I feel like, hey, this is more than enough information for you to make your decision. I know I will not be recommending essential oils except for, you know, the few purposes, bug spray, um, you know, in beauty products that are made, um, you know, manufactured where all of the scientists have already figured out the math, the bits per thousand that need to be in each cosmetic. And I'm going to leave it to them. Okay. Um, all right. So let me, let me talk about this right here now. Oh, we're going to bring it down a little bit up in here. Okay. I'm in here huffing and puffing, breathing heavy, hot. You know what I'm saying? And it's because, let me take another drink. People would try you real hard. Now let me get into my personal shares. So the last time that I posted about eating and ingesting essential oils, that was just a very, overall, I didn't even go in this depth because I was like, you know, there are people who really, really feel strongly about their essential oils and, you know, that's their thing. I just wanted to share from a nutritional health standpoint why it's not a good idea, a lot of which I did share in that episode. That one touches a little more on the nutrition part. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one so you can get those tidbits. Um, but after I posted that, I started getting some really nasty DMs of um, many people, some of which were sisters, telling me that, hey, I need to take this down. You can't talk about essential oils like that. It's not true. What you're saying is not scientifically sound. You're just sitting on the internet during research. Well, yeah, there's a lot of good you can find on the internet and there's a lot of bad and National Institutes of Health is on the internet as well. Aren't we thankful for that? Okay. Oh, you're just Google searching. Well, no, I'm searching National Institutes of Health. Anything that is public that they have, that's what I'm searching. This is not something made up. So. I mentioned before at our um, one day special assembly, it talked about MLM schemes and it was under the part entitled, bear with me a second, I do have it here. Um, oh, where did it go? The Wicked Prosper. And it talked about how we might get caught up innocently in, hey, you know, I'm trying to live my life as simply as possible. Maybe you decided, hey, I'm not going to do higher education or whatever. But then you come into a point in your life, maybe, you know, and this is just my, you know, two cents where, hey, maybe a friend, you know, at the hall is like, hey, you could sell this and make a lot of money. They even had a demonstration on stage of, you know, two brothers it was two brothers at ours you know, one said, hey, this is you just bring people on board and you make all of this money and it's great. And we were warned that this is really not the type of activity that we should be participating in. And I feel that we were warned about that because this is very popular in our community. There are lots of sisters with huge followings that are selling and pushing the Young Living and the doTERRA and they're making people feel bad if they're not buying their products. Um, they are doing what I call um, 
bully selling. Well, you don't believe in um, yourself. And that's why you don't believe in spending money on yourself. So you should buy my product. Stop being like a, you know, um, not willing to invest in yourself. Buy these expensive oils and invest in your health, invest in your family's health. That's really not nice. And it's misleading. And again, now that we've done the research on the companies, it's very not true. Um, and I just can't promote any of it. Okay. So after seeing that um, on our special one day convention, this was one of the things that it kind of reminded me of. And they did share the point that, you know, do not resort to some dishonest scheme to make money. Something that focuses on making money off others by being misleading. That is a pyramid scheme. Okay, so some of these are my own notes and not all the exact verbiage that was used, but the general idea was that recruiting people into these schemes, they have a saturation point. And um, in that kind of scheme, these people know that only the people at the top are going to make the money. So you're never really going to sell through those oils that you're selling you are just going to be constantly buying from them. And that's all the company wants is for you to get somebody else to come on as a rep and buy from them. And I thought it was very nice that we had that information at our one day. So um, it was something for me to think about, and I hope you will too. Um, and the, doTERRA and all that is not the only MLM. There's also um, coaching MLMs. I'm noticing now that that is very popular where people are, you know, hey, let me bring on another coach and you bring on a coach and then we're, you know, we're coaching people on whatever. And that's another way that people are also doing MLMs. Okay. So there's lots of ways. All right. So um, I was very sad about some of the backlash that I got from my essential oils last episode. Um, some of them were very mean. Um, one sister, actually multiple sisters, there was about, oh, let me go back. Let's see here. Bear with me one second. I will bring it up. Let's see how many sisters actually sent me voice memos. Like when you actually have to send someone a voice memo, I mean, it could just be because you're busy. Um, but to me, uh, you know, for some, I mean, some people I actually talk to by voice memo on Instagram, but some I don't. So if you're someone that I've never talked to on voice memo and then you send me a voice memo, it's like, really? Um, I've got five sisters here that sent me voice memos about um, my content. Um, two were very nasty said that I had no clue what I was talking about, um, that it was not right what I was doing, um, that my information was not scientifically sound, and that, yeah, I agree that maybe some of the companies are bad, but essential oils, you know, you could still eat and drink them, and they don't pose health risks. The only education that they have really had is the education that they've received from their place that they buy their stuff, or if they're certified in something else, just from that, you know, particular body. Um, everything on PubMed is peer reviewed. So it's not just one person saying something, it's multiple people doing a research study, which involves hundreds of people. And if you know anything about research studies, which I'm learning even more about as I do all these things, is that there's so much peer review to get something published. It takes time, guys. It takes time some years 
Okay. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, I just thought it was very strange, but this is not the first time that I've run into issues with people from the doTERRA cult and the young living cult. And I'm going to call them that because the, the way that they act is very culty and, um, that might not be a nice thing to do, but that's the way I feel at this moment. Okay. Um, the first time that I, I really had always kind of heard about essential oils and I was like, oh yeah, maybe that's cool. I don't know. I think I had even bought some over the years myself and used them. You know, most of the time I had just done them like, you know, if I was making like maybe my own hair oil, I would put a drop in there or just like, whatever. I don't know. Just, just use them. Was nothing, anything I, I thought too much about. And then um, my aunt, she actually, you know, was diagnosed with cancer. And there were some very well-meaning sisters who basically, you know, were kind of telling her, use this to help treat your cancer. Some were very convincing. Some kind of gave the idea that, in my opinion, I felt like they were saying that, um, you know, the essential oils will cure her cancer. She was very heavy into it. She was using them from everything. She was using them all over the body. She did have breast cancer. And now just sitting here going over this information that essential oils are also endocrine disruptors and they disrupt estrogen. Remember, we talked about the two types, the two, the, an, the antigenetic and the androgenetic and how they disrupt that estrogen on one side of each part of it. That makes me wonder, maybe the essential oils actually brought her cancer upon because she was using essential oils heavily before she even developed cancer. Now, I can't say that for sure. I don't know. There's lots of things that go into developing cancer. Um, you know, she did struggle with her weight. Um, you know, we all eat greasy food, which, you know, truth be told, my auntie loved herself some pork rinds. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, poor Tiri. So, um, oh, sorry. I mean, she did not actually make it, so it's very sad for me. She did die from her cancer. But um, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she was actually putting them in her drinks and things like that, but it was always being diffused in the air and she did use them topically. Um, so who knows? Okay, who knows? Um, but I often now wonder that because, you know, I did not really fully understand that they were endocrine disruptors, um, you know, until I'm going through this research again. So, you know, it's just very interesting. Some things that we, we think we're doing, we're trying to help ourselves. You know, she was so great, you know, in so many ways, you know, who knows? Um, we just don't know. So again, um, I just felt that those sisters, you know, while well-intentioned, it just was not the right thing to do based on everything that we've gone over. Um, and then, so that kind of like was my first like, ooh, with, with the essential oils. I'm like, ooh, I don't really like the things that these companies are pushing. Like, that was the first time that I ever had a red flag with essential oils. Like, hey, maybe these guys aren't saying stuff that's, that's true. You know, because I remember I had even gotten, I believe, a little flip book and it had like all the essential oils in it. You know, I just randomly bought it myself because I'm always looking at those type of books when I'm at like, you know, a used bookstore or whatever. And I still have one of the books that was just on like, oh, these are what all the uses of the essential oils are and this oil does that. So I was never off 
put by the essential oil community until that point when you know the the situation with my aunt and everything so um then you know i was just like well i don't know you know um I don't like what I, I'm hearing, but there's still probably some good there. Whatever. They're just trying to sell their product and not really thinking any more of it. Fast forward, it was like before the pandemic, um, when I started my podcast and I had a sister, um, I think I shared something on my story about like, hey, you know, I have autoimmune, an autoimmune disorder and this and that. She came into my DMs and was saying, hey, I've got these oils and use them and she shared that she had lupus however i found it ironic in her story she was always very sick with her lupus i have been able to steady and reverse a lot of my autoimmune okay she was still very much having issues with her autoimmune disorder and she was heavily she would show herself online putting the drops in her um coffee um she was buying like i think it's uh doTERRA has like oils that are in chocolates that you can get so you bite into it and then inside is these oils you know she was doing all of these things and um she ended up somehow i mean i really don't remember giving her my address i don't even know how she got my address but stuff a big old box of stuff showed up at my house, including a doTERRA book, which had wild claims. It looked like it was written in Comic Sans, very unprofessional writing, very um, bizarre and weird. And a little bit about these two companies, they also, um, you know, have their, 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 um, what do you call it? Their um, origins um, with people who do practice, um, you know, a different type of religion, um, you know, so that's also something to keep in mind there, um, Mormonism and some other things, you know, so just something um, to know. So the the re the wording was very much like that, you know, it, it kind of had that kind of undertone to it. And so I thought it was, you know, not for me. And I was just like, well, you know, this is just not for me. She became so angry when I was like, hey, you know, do you want me to send this back? Because first of all, I did not like ask for this. And second of all, like there's some really wild claims in here. It did have claims of curing cancer in there um, and a host of other things that were just wrong. And um, she was mad. And I told her, I was like, look, I'm not trying to be mean. And again, this was now I'm at the point of being a little angry about all this. But at this point, I was just very politely like, hey, sis, just letting you know. I was like, hey, I'm just letting you know, like others in my family have had, you know, some instances, you know, with potential, uh, you know, essential oils causing issues. And then also like I used to deal with some of the issues that you're dealing with. And I don't think the essential oils are really going to help. I think they're going to exacerbate your condition. And here's why she went off called me every name in the book um told me that i didn't know what i was talking about that these oils were helping with her condition and it's sad because i've been in a situation where when you are going to the doctors when you have certain autoimmune issues and you don't get a straight answer you just want an answer you know and i think that's was where she was at and she was just like well i know that this is going to help me with her with my condition because she had just been convinced of that um, you know, by whatever she read or whatever she heard. And um, I really did feel bad. I really did feel bad. Next thing she blocked me. 
and all of that. And I was just like, wow, you know, that was really weird. So that was the second time that I had like a really bad interchange with someone who was doing essential oils. The first time I did have some words, you know, with someone there as well, um, you know, but then this one was like even worse than that. So I'm like, okay, what's up with these Young Living and doTERRA people? Like they're really aggressive. They're mean. If you don't agree with what they say, they are really mean. Like that's really weird. Again, I continued on. And then um, over the years of, you know, having my podcast, I've always had people come into my DMs if I say something about essential oils. So there were other things that happened there. Um, but this last one, I'll just call that number three, although technically it's like probably number eight. <laughs> um, I had those sisters that really did have a problem with my last um, podcast on this and said all the things that I told you they said, you know, my, my information was not scientifically sound. It's not true. I should not say what I'm saying, or you should say this and not that, or you should say this and maybe that. Who are you to tell people what they should post? These sisters also have their own platforms. Post that on your own platform then. I've seen plenty of things that I did not agree with on other sisters' pages. And guess what I do? I keep it moving. They have the right. Or if I say anything, I might say, hey, I'm just sharing this with you. This is what I think. But I would never take it so far as to tell them to remove the content that they put up. Remove what I put up, it's not right to ask someone to do that. I really just don't feel that's the right thing to do. Um. So yeah, so this last time I really did not appreciate it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do even more research this time for those people who did tell me. There were a couple who were like, whoa, I did not know that. You know, I wonder if people know this, like this is crazy. So I'm doing more research for those people and I'm doing research because I want it to be known that I am trying to do my due diligence and present the best information possible. And I also want those to know that I will not be silenced. I'm not going to take something down because you don't like it. Okay. It's one thing if I'm using inflammatory words, I'm cussing people out, I'm promoting a lifestyle or ideals that, you know, just aren't appropriate for us and our special group. But if it's just something that is a health thing, and if it's something you don't want to hear, start your own platform and talk contrary then. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. So I just did not appreciate that one bit. And this is me saying, like, if you have a problem with whatever I post at any time, you can say something. Be prepared, though. I am going to express to you my reasonings back. And I'm not necessarily going to take anything down because you just don't like it. Okay. Um, so yeah, very bizarre. Um, and I have also talked with others who've had similar transactions with these folks. You know, it's like you tell them you don't want to buy their oils and they get angry. And I think it's because they spent so much on those kits that they're like desperate to sell it. And so it just comes out as anger. Bizarre. Okay, just bizarre. So um, anyway, guys, I'm just not here for it. I hope that this information has been um, helpful to you. I really, really, really do. And um, yeah, I'm going to just press on.
you know. Um, let me just see if there's anything else that I missed. Okay. So, yeah, um, essential oils can be said in a sense to be raw medications in their simpler form, which are oftentimes much stronger than some of the traditional medications. Okay, so just something to be wary of. Um, I hope we established a point in this episode that essential oils are also endocrine disruptors. Um, but that is not to say that you can't still use them safely. There are safe ways to use essential oils. Do I want to lather essential oils on my face every day? Absolutely not, based on what I've read, and I will not be, um, because of the potential for estrogen increase with breast health. I am not playing around with that. So guys, understand, this could be something that could be a risk factor for increased breast cancer because this is messing with your estrogen. All right. That has been proven on National Institutes of Health. So me personally, I will be spraying this on my clothes for bug spray. Um, if it's in something that I purchase from a manufacturer from a store. Fine, because, you know, there there's a lot of pharmaceutical um, knowledge and regulation by the FDA for those. So they know the science behind. I will not be purchasing from a sole individual because the products are probably going to be too strong and produce more of those um, estrogenetic effects. And so I'm not, I won't be doing that before. I probably would have, but now, girl, just like the supplements, I don't even take those no more like that. Mm -mm. Um, Let's see, what else? Do, 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 do. I hope we also established the point that we got to stop selling the essential oils as a chemical, as a non-chemical alternative, because they're not. They are chemicals. We've established that. We've seen their components on the periodic table in this episode. They are chemicals. They are no different. They are no safer than anything else. Okay. Um, all right. I think we've got everything, ladies. As always, I appreciate you ladies so much. Um, I hope that you also appreciate this information. If you have any questions on the information, my experiences, anything, um, please feel free to DM me. If you do not agree with what I'm saying about essential oils, I am going to have to ask you, though, to um, not to DM me. Um, because to me, it's not even worth talking about because you're disagreeing with the National Institutes of Health. You're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with them. So if you really have a complaint, you need to complain to the people who produce the studies. So go complain to them. Do not DM me if you are just going to yell at me and say that science is wrong and they don't know anything. Write a letter to those people. Um, I will not respond. If you do send me a DM like that, I'm not going to respond to it because I don't have the time or the energy for that type of, you know, um, ill information um, or even engage with it anymore. Okay. I did give everybody a response the last time, even the ones that were not, um, nice. I did dignify them with the response. A lot of people nowadays, you notice they don't even respond, even when you're being nice. Hey girl, how you doing? No response. <laughs> but I did at least give every last one of them the time of day. 
and responded to them. But this time I'm going to take one out of y'all's playbook and I'm not even going to respond. I'm just going to say, hey, read it, don't care and keep it moving. Okay. But if you have a legitimate concern, you know, about the information presented and you have something of substance to say, I'm all ears. All right. And you all, I think I did touch on, you know, what makes essential oils different in the first essential oil video, but I can't remember, but I will briefly describe it here. Um, so essential oils um, are steam distilled. Um, so they take the plant, it's steam distilled under very, very, very high pressure. Um, and that process does produce a chemical change so the natural thing is the plant itself when it it goes through the distillation process that is not um you know it's a chemical process i'll just say that you know plants you know if you're using the plant in its natural state well hey congrats you are using something natural but anytime you take a plant and do any sort of process on it you do make a chemical change okay so that is again why essential oils are also chemicals because they do go through that distillation process this is actually the same process used by pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies to make medicines now the distillation process has been kind of in most areas of pharmaceuticals been discontinued because more targeted um, safer technologies have been developed to safely extract plant nutrients from plants and use them um, in what we know as our you know pharmaceutical drugs so the reason that they discontinued that is because with the distillation process oftentimes the components become too strong and um, they basically just come up with more sophisticated technology and machines to process things um, that are a little bit safer and controllable as opposed to using the distillation process. So these are your kind of um, old school drugs. This is how it was done back in the day, um, you know, to make um, certain drugs and everything. Everything does come just about from a plant, um, you know, even aspirin, you know, comes from a plant. So there's a lot out there. Um, it's just the process and how it undergoes that change, um, that chemical change that makes it, um, you know, whatever it becomes, whatever, you know, if it becomes a pharmaceutical drug or if it becomes something else. Um, okay. So yeah, good information to know. Okay. Um, the other thing that people do complain about with essential oils is that um, they are very wasteful. Um, I think I may have touched on that in the last video as well. Um, it takes pounds and pounds and pounds of, you know, let's say lemons or whatever for, you know, lemon essential oil. Let me see if I can actually find that here. Um, ah, yes, here we go. Um, it takes about 10,000 pounds of rose petals, 250 pounds of lavender, 6,000 pounds of Melissa plant, 1,500 lemons, and so forth um, to make a single pound of essential oil. 
So that's a lot of plant waste. And again, if you want to get the benefits of lemons, eat a lemon. If you want to get the benefits of vitamin C, eat an orange. That is a much more economical way to do it so that there is not a ton of waste so that um, your body also is not getting flooded with chemicals that it doesn't need. Because remember, the fruits and veggies were designed for human consumption. So our bodies are going to know mostly what to do with that. Your body is still going to process an essential oil as something foreign, and there is going to be side effects associated with it. Okay. So um, again, Another reason that ingesting, you know, um, just eat, eat, eat what you're supposed to eat, eat the fruits, eat the veggies, you're getting it gently um, and everything. So this is a complaint that um, a lot of the environmental protection agency have, agencies have with um, essential oil producers. They, um, you know, do a lot of research. And also one thing that I keep seeing pop up um, is that essential oils are also um, a contributing factor to ruining marine life. They actually, um, you know, are encouraging us, government officials are encouraging us to not even dispose of essential oils by, you know, putting them down the drain or throw them, throwing them away. They should actually be disposed of as hazardous waste. That's the recommendation. So again, that just goes to kind of illustrate how strong they actually are. Um, although we all, even myself, I used to think that, hey, these are so gentle. This is not a problem. Like, you know, hey, I'm doing something good. They are still very strong. So, you know, I was really kind of wrong in believing that. But hey, that's what the companies tell us. And, you know, They've got really nice websites and everybody, you know, gives them these great reviews. So we believe um, what these companies are saying, but it, you know, it's just not always the case as we're seeing. Okay. Um, now, what if you have a business built around essential oils? Um, what you could do is share this information transparently with your following, with your consumers. Say, hey, you know, I'm always on the path of learning and educating myself. And I have learned that, you know, recent studies are showing how potent and how strong essential oils are. And I do just want to, you know, encourage my, you know, um, followers, those that order my products, whatever, to be careful with the use of essential oils. They are also endocrine disruptors. And so you do need to, you know, be careful with using them, dispose of them properly, um, probably try to avoid using them with direct skin contact, even if you're putting just a couple of drops here or there. When these things are made in a lab, you know, if there's like essential oils and let's say Vaseline lotion that is on the shelves at Walmart, they are able to use their machinery to extract such a teeny tiny minute amount of that essential oil and put it in that like 12 ounce, 12 fluid ounce bottle. And that teeny, teeny particle is enough to, you know, do what it needs to do for that lotion. Even when you're making things at home, the smallest measurement you can do is one drop. But even one drop could be too much um, for certain mixtures. So just because you're putting in one drop does not necessarily mean that you are, you know, making a safe mixture. 
unfortunately. So again, that's why it's probably safer to just consume any type of essential oil that's going to be applied topically from a, you know, larger manufacturing plant that has the tools to break down one drop into like, you know, a hundred pieces and distribute it evenly and a larger quantity of product versus someone making it at home and just putting one drop in thinking that, you know, hey, one drop isn't harmful when it could actually be. Again, the dosages is the issue with essential oils. They are as strong as medications, but there is no dosages guidelines or um, dosages in terms of what should be put in a lotion, what should be put in a face cream, what should be put in a cleaning product, what should be put in a body scrub, you know, whatever it is. So that's the thing. So um, again, if you, you know, have a following built around this, um, you know, my goal here is not to infringe on anyone's business or make them feel bad. We are all ignorant. We are all learning in this. You know, essential oils is a new industry. And now that it's been around for, you know, pretty consistently and mainstream for the past 10 years, we're able to have more data now available. And as the data comes out, we just have to adjust. There's no reason to feel ashamed and like make a personal change yourself, but then you don't tell that same information to the people who are buying your products, right? And I notice a lot of natural essential oils influencers will do this. You will see them. They will be using essential oils and then their whole like Instagram feed will change and they'll start like, hey, now I'm a baker or hey, now I do this or that. And you know that it's because they probably either just saw that they were a part of a pyramid scheme and decided to stop selling the essential oils or maybe they realized that hey these are irritating my skin they're you know or whatever the case is but they never come on and address their change to their audience and i do think that they are doing people a disservice when they do that because it's like okay you stopped doing this and you built a whole platform of people who were following you because they like believed in your product or believed in what you were saying but then you you just make your change yourself and then you never come out and address it so that other people who were also like you and just didn't know can make that change in their life as well you know who wants to affect somebody's health negatively so again, I truly do feel that if you have a business that, you know, is heavy in essential oils, um, maybe you work for doTERRA or Young Living, or, you know, maybe you just use their stuff in your stuff or however you do it, I do feel that, you know, this is information that you should share with your audience. Um, you know, these are potential endocrine disruptors and they have chemical properties just like the other things. Um, you know, so you got to definitely do your due diligence and share with your audience, hey, this is new information that I found. I want to share it with you. I hope that you can see that I'm transparent. I care about my consumers. And yeah, you know, this is a new industry and I just want to share this information with you. I think people will respect you a lot more for doing that than, you know, just not saying anything or having fights with people behind the scenes, DMing people mean things all because you don't want to change what you're doing because it's embarrassing. I get it. I have had to come on my platform and I had an I'm sorry episode about a doctor that I had interviewed during the pandemic who, upon further research, I don't actually believe a lot of what he says and he's really in a murky area. And so I came on my platform and I addressed the mistake that I made. 
So again, I feel that if this is you, this is something that you may want to consider doing as well. If you're worried about it being too strong for skin contact, just like you can also dilute your conventional products from the grocery store. I do that a lot. I will buy a conventional product and dilute it down with water like crazy, um, especially for like everyday cleaning. Most things can actually be cleaned in your home with soap and water. Um, you know, places like hospitals and things like that, they need to use, you know, the bleaches and um, the really strong, you know, aggressive groups of chemicals because, hey, there are blood pathogens there. We need that stuff there. Or even someone who cleans commercially, you are coming into contact, you know, sometimes with bodily fluids, public bathrooms. If you clean those, they do have blood present. So I would definitely go for the conventional products that have been proven to effectively kill those. Um, the essential oil products have been, um, they also do kill those as well. But again, you're still with either one that you choose, the conventional or the essential oil, you are still going to have some endocrine disrupting um, chemical exposure, no matter how you slice it. Okay. So um, again, really, you know, just want to be clear that, you know, Hey, I understand, you know, essential oils are, you know, popular um, right now. There are many who, you know, use essential oils as a part of their business, use essential oils, you know, in their products, or maybe you just buy your own essential oils and you make all your own products. The point is, is just to understand that the dosages, there is no guidelines for dosages for essential oils. It is an unregulated industry. Um, and because of that, um, you know, for example, our foods, you know, the FDA does regulate how much pesticides and things can be put on those. Um, they are subject to a lot of scrutiny, random site visits by the FDA, a third-party agency. Now, let's say someone um, is an essential oil producer. Well, they can have their own small farm and they can grow, you know, lavender. They can grow, um, you know, all of the different plants that are using essential oils. But because essential oils are not FDA regulated and because it is not a food product, essential oils are not intended uh, for consumption. There are no FDA site visits for people who grow essential oil plants. So they could actually um, be dumping a ton um, of pesticides on their plants that they are then using to produce essential oils. Um, and, you know, there is not really much anybody could do about it. So um, these are just things to consider. And again, you know, just be careful. Um, life has risks. Um, you know, we need cleaning products, right? Um, you can't clean with water all the time and certain things, you know, the soaps can do a lot, but you know, if you want to clean glass or, you know, you need to clean something else, it's nice to have something else. So the important part is to just use caution, um, especially with the skin to skin topicals. Um, I see people now using essential oils as like perfume rolling on the body. Perfumes are actually um, not really meant to be used straight on the body. 
Okay, so remember we talked about the um, composition um, on the periodic table of essential oils. They are still chemicals and you are, even if you're using an essential oil perfume, you're still rolling on endocrine disruptors, okay? It's very strong. When I do a perfume, I will spray it on my clothing very lightly away from my face. Um, and then I will put the clothing on. I do not take my conventional perfume and spray it directly on my skin. Neither would I use an essential oil perfume spray directly on my skin or an essential oil roller directly on my skin because you are going to absolutely get the same effect. That is proven with the um, studies that we went over from the FDA. It is direct skin contact. It is going to seep into your system and um, it is going to become an endocrine disruptor for you. So again, um, you know, hey, this is just the information. Also um, on this topic, I've been you know, like gathering information and recording this over several, several days. And interestingly, the other day, um, and I was still in the process of putting this episode together, um, another um, creator that I really like um, and follow on Instagram, her Instagram is Time and Tenderness. And um, I, I like a lot of her stuff. She actually had posted um, a reel that kind of had something to do with like, hey, you know, soap is something that we can use to clean as well. Um, and that was basically just kind of the, the gist of her post. It was like a funny post. And she kind of is like, hey, you know, when people have kind of all these things to, to say about certain things, she just kind of takes a step back. And um, I'll let you um, go view the post for yourself. But I thought it was just a funny like post or whatever. So I commented as well. And I just shared, hey, you know, I enjoy this post. And yeah, by the way, um, a lot of people don't realize that essential oils are also endocrine disruptors. You know, this is new information, um, you know, that we are getting. And um, you know how like you don't realize what's really happening on Instagram. I'm not like on there a whole ton, but I noticed I kept getting like, hey, this person liked your comment, this person liked your comment. And I, again, I'm commenting on her page, um, on her post. And so I went back and looked at it and guys, her post has literally blown up. Her post has at this moment, 357,000, uh, views and it has 7297 likes and then i looked at my comment and at this moment it has 897 likes and i'll just read you my exact comment i said also many don't realize essential oils can be endocrine disruptors same as some of the conventional products at walmart a little soap and water never hurt nobody you know just very light and like hey whatever i agree with some of what you're saying um i you know, don't know what everything, you know, that you, she posts and everything, but most of the things I just glance at, you know, seem pretty cool, you know, and um, I just thought that that was interesting. So I appreciated that 897 people out there um, resonated with my comment. They liked my comment. Um, and then they went on to share things as well. A nurse commented um, under my comment 
and you know some others as well and so you know i was like oh okay this this is this is good i'm glad i actually shared that i almost was like oh i'm not gonna say anything no one's gonna believe me anyway or care about what i have to say because essential oils are so popular and everybody loves them and right when I was making this episode and, and going through all this, this happened. So I just found that to be encouraging, you know, not that, you know, we have to take everything, you know, on Instagram, you know, that serious It's not that serious, but I do appreciate the likes on that comment because, you know, my whole point was, you know, we have to be kind of careful with a lot of things, you know, um, we can all find the, the, you know, tools that we want to, you know, take care of our bodies and clean our homes and whatever. It's ultimately up to the individual, but it is good to have conversation around this topic. So um, yeah, check out the post. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So kudos to time and tenderness for having a viral post with 357,000 views. Um, kudos to her for um, being brave enough to open up a conversation that is a little bit touchy nowadays. And um, I just like her page as well because um, she um, basically her page is all about homemaking, cleaning, cooking with a dash of humor. That's what she says right on her bio. And um, yeah, I I just like that a lot and was happy for the feedback that I received on her post. And yeah, I'll have to figure out ways to get that much attention on some of my own posts because, you know, I'm fortunate if I get like four likes, I'm like, yay, four people paid attention to this, you know? Um, so she's definitely doing a great job of, you know, sharing, um, you know, the things that are important to her um, in the areas of, you know, homemaking and everything, and um, as well as crushing the Instagram game as well. If you are not already, please give me a follow on Instagram. I would very much, uh, very much appreciate it. At Work It Lady Podcast is my Instagram handle. If you are not already, please also give me a like, comment, and share on YouTube and podcast. I would very much appreciate it. Um, I would very, very much appreciate it. Um, yeah, guys. Well, hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to Work It Lady. Um, I hope you found the information helpful, and I will see you next time. You're listening to Work It Lady, where the goal is for all ladies to be the best versions of ourselves. And if you 